It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's show, we're going to be talking about the Charlotte Hornets from a fantasy basketball perspective. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Earlier in the day, we spoke with Walker Mail, or I spoke with Walker Mail, and we talked about the Hornets from a real-life perspective, his ideas on the rotations, the starters, um, play of guys like LaMelo Ball in the, in the starting unit, PJ Washington at center, all of that sort of stuff. So go check that show out. But today we're going to be digging more into the fantasy perspective. We're going to be looking at ADPs and ranks and busts and sleepers and how all that works from a fantasy point of view. So let's talk about it right now. Let's get into talking about... We're not going to go to that screen yet. We're going to go to the schedule breakdown to start things off. Um, The Hornets have 51 quality games for this year. That's pretty much average or in the median sort of area for the NBA. So it's not bad. It's not great. They do have a league high in terms of the number of back-to-backs that they have, um, which again, no one is presuming that these guys are just going to routinely sit back-to-backs. But the problem, as it always is, is if you do come back from an injury, then you do have to sit some back-to-backs. They have 10 games in the default Yahoo playoffs. Three, four, and three is their schedule. In my recommended playoffs, which end on March the 20th, they go three, three, three for nine games. So playoff schedule is not ideal in either of those formats for the Charlotte Hornets. So overall, you would say that their schedule is probably below par for this uh, for this upcoming season. But yeah, when I'm drafting in making these decisions at the start of the year, the schedule is a very, 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 very small part of it. In terms of when you're looking at a micro sense, when you're making moves for a week and you're adding players, when they play, how often they play is vitally important when streaming and even in trades towards the trade deadline can become more important. But in terms of drafting, I think you shouldn't be putting uh, huge amounts of stock in that. It's something to at least consider when we're looking for a tiebreak type scenario, but as a something that fuels everything that you do, I don't think that's the way to go. Let's look at some pressure points for this Charlotte team in ways that can impact them for the upcoming season. I think one of the big things we have to look at is PJ Washington Jr., how much he plays at center. Because we have seen for two years, when PJ plays at center, the fantasy production that he gets in that position is a lot better than when he plays at power forward. Walker seems to think that Miles Bridges will start at power forward, meaning PJ comes off the bench and plays back up four minutes and back up five minutes. I don't think Plumlee's getting 30 minutes a night. So we should get you know 20 plus minutes of PJ Washington at center. And there's no other good center on this team. There's Vernon Carey. 
There's Kai Jones, who's absolutely not ready. There's Nick Richards. There is no center on this team. So if Plumlee plays 24 minutes, there's 24 minutes there for PJ to play at center. Maybe they play ultra small and play Miles Bridges at center at times, but there's plenty of time here for PJ to play at center. But if he doesn't, if they go with some other direction, they bring in another center and PJ's minutes at center are cut down, then it does impact his projection. Here's a guy that I think we look at to be drafted in that 80 to 100 sort of range. He was the, what, 84th ranked player in category leagues last year. He was 90th in points leagues. There's no reason in my mind that that isn't able to continue, that he's not able to be in that sort of range again. But he is... Um, he is someone that if he doesn't play center as much, it does hurt his ability to improve his field goal percentage and it does reduce his block numbers. I mean, his field goal percentage was pretty bad last year. We'd hope that's going to be able to take a step forward, but it may not. And if he doesn't play as many minutes at center, then that's a concern. The next thing we have to take a look at is the arrival of Kelly Oubre and how that impacts this team. And does it impact someone like a Miles Bridges? I think Oubre is going to take steps forward this year from where he was last year, but probably play fewer minutes. He needs to come into this and yeah, improve that free throw, get the overall field goal percentage way up. But I don't think he plays as much as he did in Golden State. They have like seven starter caliber players, as we mentioned in the other show. So finding enough minutes can be really tough. But if someone's going to lose out, it's probably going to be Bridges and not Gordon Haywood if they're going to go that route. Now, I don't really think Ubre can play the four. He's more of a 2-3 and Bridges is more of a 3-4. But Ubre could take all of Bridges' minutes at the three. That's a possibility too. So just be aware of how they run that Ubre, Bridges, Haywood, Washington group in terms of minutes that somebody is going to have to lose out there. I expect it's Ubre and maybe Washington, but it could easily go in a number of different directions. I think Bridges... There is some risk, I guess, with Bridges because last year he took a big step forward in his efficiency. He was, what, the 90th ranked player. I think, again, he's in that 80 or maybe 75 to 90 sort of range this year for um, category leagues. For points leagues, he's not as good. He was 117th last year. I think that you know, he can take a step forward and improve from there this year too, but there's, uh, there's no guarantee of that. But he is an interesting guy in those 7th, 8th, ninth rounds. But there is a, an element of risk depending on how that rotation decides to get uh, used. And the last thing I want to talk about in terms of pressure points with projections is yeah, how does how does Rogier's shooting look? Because he was like a 43% two-point guy in previous years. Like, not good. And then last year, he went to like 49. And it made, his efficiency went sky high towards the end of the year, that did start to fall away. And we saw Rogier, um, yeah start to come back to the pack a bit. He was the 53rd ranked player last year and in large part due to a large bump in efficiency. And remember, we talk about this all the time, is that when you get a bump in efficiency, a field goal percentage increase improves your points and usually improves if it's a three-point percentage change, which for Rogier it's not as much. It's more of a two-points issue. But you can impact your points and your three-pointers, mate, as well as your field goal percentage. So if he does suffer a drop-off, as he did towards the end of last season and as he had every other year in his career, then he's going to lose some value. So if you're looking at, at Terry Rogier, who at the moment has a Yahoo rank of 59 and an ESB rank of 43, which is pretty high. He was 53rd last year. wouldn't want to be taking him at 43 uh, for this upcoming season. But there is a risk that Rogier, if the shooting doesn't you know, equate, then he's a 75th or he's the 80th best player. So just, just be aware, there is a, a, a room for that to really fall off with Terry Rogier. In terms of breakout candidates, I think Miles Bridges is probably the guy. If he can establish himself as a starter and play instead of 30 minutes, maybe he gets to 32 minutes. 
Hopefully we get a bit more usage, but he can be a two threes, one steal, one block, or 1.5 steals, 1.3 blocks. He could average 17 and seven. I don't think he's really got much upside to be a huge um, passer or anything along those lines, but there is some ability for him heading into his fourth season now to take a step forward to establish himself as a starter and to start to get more minutes. So I'm really interested in what Bridges can do, especially if they do name him that starter. Is he a top 50 upside guy? Probably not, but I think we can get a pretty sizable step forward. And the other guy is Lamella Ball. Now that seems a bit weird considering how good he was, one rookie of the year, put up great fantasy numbers last year, but it's getting that next step, going from first year rookie guy who played 29 minutes to being the guy who's a 34-minute-a-night player Top 15 upside for Lamelo. probably you're not drafting him there. You're drafting him as probably a third-round guy. Whereas he's ranked 23rd on Yahoo and 36 on ESPN. I love the value at 36. I think 23 is slightly too high, but not really. But he could easily, easily be a top 20 guy. If Lamelo came out and averaged 19, 8, and 8, I and 1.6 deals with 2.53s, that, that's not, I don't think that's outrageous as a best-case scenario upside-type projection for LaMelo Ball. It's not likely, for sure, but I wouldn't say that it's um, I wouldn't say that it's anything completely outrageous. Football is back. It's that time of year again. Action on the gridiron, professional football, college football, we are ready to go and to put your skills and your knowledge to the test. Bet Online is the place for you to go to make all of your football wages. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Be sure also to take advantage of their opening night super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, you get refunded up to $25. On your bet for new customers who sign up by using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. You can come in right now. Take advantage of all of the offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's look at some fantasy sleepers now. Um, I think there's some value across the board here. For the Hornets, Gordon Haywood is currently listed at 64 on Yahoo. Haywood was the 50th ranked player last year in category leagues. He was 56th in points leagues. There is risk of him um, suffering injuries. We've seen multiple injuries from him. But again, some of this shit is, is freak. Like you break your hand, that doesn't mean you're more likely just to keep breaking your hand on a freak injury. He does have problems with his knee and his foot and all that sort of stuff. There is a risk there. And maybe that's part of what's yeah, scaring me away. But he was putting up some really good numbers before he got hurt. And I think I think at 63, there is some value. I think he'll probably slide a little bit from there as well. And he's ADP on ESPN. He's ranked on ESPN's 50, Gordon Hayward, and he's ADP 72. There's no ADP Yahoo data out just yet. But the fact that there is a 22 different spot between his rank and ADP on ESPN 
would lead me to believe that you're going to be able to get him at a later spot than at that number uh, at that number 64. So just just be aware of that he might slide into the 80s, and I do think that that if it is what happens becomes a really really solid value for uh, for Gordon Haywood. Mason Plumley's at 127 now. He might not play huge minutes. In fact, you know, 24, 25 minutes wouldn't be a surprise. But as a 12th round guy, yeah, I, I, I like the selection. 11th round guy of Mason Plumley, Because if he plays 30 minutes, he will smash that. I, I don't think there's too much debate about that. So there is some really good value there. I should have actually, sorry, with Gordon Haywood. On fan tracks, he's 110. That's ludicrous value. Um, Plumley at 127. I think there is some upside there in him. Now, on ESPN, he comes in at 84. So that, that's probably a bit too rich on, on that sense. But his ADP is 20 spots lower as well on ESPN. So he's falling back a little bit. Um, I am interested in him at 127. I highlight Ish Smith here as well because on Yahoo, he's at 574. Now, Ish Smith is not going to be a standard league player. But no reason he's not a top 300 guy. Can't, he can be a top 250 guy, a top 220 guy. If Lamelo goes down, he's worth mentioning. But for deep leagues, like that's just that's just like we forgot to include Ish Smith and now he's been tacked onto the end. There's not even 577 players on NBA rosters, yet he's 574th, sorry, at the moment. Lamelo Ball is an interesting one. On ESPN, he's at 36. I think there's value in that a lot. I think he's a top 25 player this year. But on fan tracks at 58, just nonsense value. Really, really strong value for LaMelo Ball to get him there. If you can get him in the 50s, do it every day of the week. I think for anytime he's in the fourth round, really, really solid value. I think he's probably equally effective in points leagues and category leagues. He's probably got higher upside in category leagues if he gets the shooting going. But that end of the third round type area on ESPN, to me, is just way too late. I think, again, Getting if you're punting assists, it's a different story, but getting assists can be really tough. So I'd want to go a few spots earlier, and I think that he probably is a um, probably is a top thirty player for this season. So there is some value in Lamelo Ball with the way that things are currently set up at the moment. So just something to be aware of that on ESPN and on Fantrax, he's pushed down probably a little bit too far. At 23 on Yahoo, maybe it's a little bit too high and it takes a bit of that value away, but it is uh, it is something that we can monitor. In terms of the other direction, if you want to look at busts, Ubre, he is at number 98 on Yahoo. Now, Kelly Ubre last year was obviously really disappointing. He was the 140th ranked player. He played 31 minutes a night. Now, I've said this before. I think his field, his field goal percentage and his free throw percentage will improve. They were really, really bad last year, um, Ubre's numbers. They, they weren't good at all. I think they improve, but I also don't think he's playing 31 minutes a night. And taking him at number, whatever, what number is it? Number uh, 98 is makes no sense to me. I would happily take a flyer on him in the last round, but even then, I'm not certain that it works out well. There's just a lot of mouths to feed and minutes to go around here. 98 doesn't make any sense to me at all. On ESPN, there's a few that look a bit wrong to me. Terry Rogier is at number 43. Again, we touched on that a little bit earlier. Rogier was 53rd last year, so we're expecting him to be even better than he was. I don't think that's possible for Rogier. We're expecting more health from Haywood. We're expecting the introduction. We're not expecting. We know we've got the introduction of Kelly Oubre. We've got more minutes for um, Lamelo Ball. I don't think that, uh, that Rogier should be expected to improve from there. And then they've got Miles Bridges at 67, which he could easily be that guy, like very easily. But if I'm drafting him there, I'm taking away value. 
Now, his ADP's at 81, so people aren't buying into that. But just be aware, I think 67 is too high for Miles Bridges at, the, at this point. Um, Rogier is also, if you want to talk insane, Rogier is listed at number 10 on Fantrax. Please, for the love of God, do not draft Terry Rogier at 10. That is one of the most insane things you will ever see. Miles Bridges at 59 is also too high on fan tracks. Um, ESPN back there, James Booknight's at 187. There is no guarantee Booknight is in the rotation. They could, yeah, their, their bench is going to have Ish Smith for sure, PJ Washington, and Kelly Oubre. They might go with the ninth guy as being um, Cody Martin or Jalen McDaniels or play both of those guys over Booknight. He's got a long way to go. At 187, you're expecting him to be an every-night player. And that's not of any importance for 12-team leagues. But for 14-team leagues, that's in the draftable range. I don't think you want to be drafting James Booknight. His shooting percentages are bad. Not sure. He's a good rebounder, but assists, <laughs> no. Defensive stats, percentages, minutes, games played, none of that is going to be working in your favor. While on fan tracks, they've got PJ Washington at number 33. Again, no, please don't. That is just... I don't even think best case scenario that PJ Washington can get number 33. So again, you look at those rankings and you're in a draft room and you see it and you go, this is ridiculous. But just, you got to be aware of it because if you you miss your timer and you haven't set a queue and you're up for pick 33 and Washington's the top of the board, you've got him and you're stuffed. It's a really, really bad, not as bad as Rogier at 10, but it is a really, really... Um, Really poor situation to uh, to be picking him at number 33 if that's what you ended up doing. Now, I'm just going to throw this in here because it's a part of what we do on every show. And Deep League Flyers and, and last picks in Standard Leagues, I'm not really sure there is anyone on this team. Like, Ubre, yes, but his ADP would suggest that he'll go ahead of that. He's got a rank of 98 on Yahoo, which I've said is too high. His ESPN is at 125. I think that's too high, but he would be a worthy last-round pick. I don't think Book Knight's that guy. Then, yeah, it's McDaniels or Cody Martin. I don't think they're the guys that you're taking with that last pick. And then Ball, Hayward, Rogier, Bridges, Washington, Plumley. they're all probably going to go before that. So this is a team that's got these seven really solid players and then a bunch of guys who are nothing for fantasy. And that really does limit that value. So there's not many there that I look at as good flyer types. But if you are looking for a part for your car, you can take a flyer on rockauto.com. You don't want to waste your time, energy, and money going to a local local chain auto parts store or the car dealership to get your parts while you get often intimidating questioning from the bloke behind the counter. Now, you've got computers at home, in your pocket, and you can access rockauto.com and find the parts that you need for your car. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They're a family business, and they are serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Go and explore the easy-to-use website. Find the solution to your auto parts needs today. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And then we're looking at the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built Bar, you know that. They limited time flavor at Raspberry Cheesecake. Do yourself a favor, shout out Molly Meldrum, to go and get a box of those because they are great. But if you don't, if that's not your thing, if that's not doesn't float your boat, You've got cookies and cream. You've got salted caramel, mint brownie, orange, raspberry, the standard flavors. And you can get a mix box, 18 bars, two of each flavor, so you can try to find out what your favorite is. But not only are Built Bars delicious, the best tasting protein bar ever, they're also healthy. 
17 to 18 grams of protein, 4 to 5 grams of um, sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 130 to 180 calories per bar. That's it. That's all there is. Fantastic healthy stuff. If you're looking for that delicious treat that's not going to blow your, your uh, dietary budget out the window, Built Bar is for you. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get yourself a box of Built Bars and save 15% off. The promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at Built.com. Okay, let's go through the rest of the players now. Kai Jones, first round pick that they got from the Knicks in a trade. Uh, I don't think that Kai is going to have any real impact. I don't really even value him massively long-term. I think he's a guy that has some athletic skills, but is not great at basketball at this point. The athleticism is interesting for sure. Jalen McDaniels, I didn't... I was look, McDaniels had a run last year where he started when uh, Haywood was out. I didn't really say anything, see anything in him that made me think he is a a rotation player. Walker seems to think that he will be in the rotation, so he's at least someone to pay attention to. But as I said, everyone everyone else is going to get the minutes and the touches. He might play 10, 11 minutes a night. His rank on Yahoo at 216 feels really high to me. Um, I'm not interested in that. 250 on ESPN is even probably a little bit high for McDaniels. I'm not going to be super intrigued there. Cody Martin, again, was is a player who can provide some nice defense, but from a fantasy perspective, he's absolutely a nothing, and he's like an outside the top 300 guy. And then they've got a bunch of, look, nothing. Vernon Carey, Wes Wundu's on this team. Um, there is the God of Hammers, JT Thor. We know each other. He's a friend from work. I would like to see Thor get a chance at some backup minutes. I think Thor's got higher upside than a Wundu, pretty clearly. Uh, Vernon Carey, pretty clearly. Uh, Kai Jones, I think he's a better option than long-term. Nick Richards, who I don't expect to be on this roster because they've got uh, too many rosters, uh, too many contracts that they need to cut somebody. Thor's a really interesting one. He's just not going to play much this year. He'll play for the Swarm for the majority of the year, along with Kai Jones, I would expect. And as well as Arnoldus Kaboka, who is a really good shooter. I'm not sure what else he can do, but he's a good shooter. And then Scotty Lewis, who's a good athlete, who can't really do a huge amount else. So that's what I mean by the rest of these guys. There's just not much there. The only guy who has even marginal interest to me for this year is Jalen McDaniels. And long-term, it's, it's Thor. You know, Carey's a guy that if he plays, he will put up good numbers in general. But he's not a guy that you can trust to play those minutes because he's not particularly good on court. So just bear that in mind. And that, that's that's the rest of those guys for this um, for this Charlotte Hornets team. That's covering them off. Now, we'll just go through and just have a bit of a recap of everyone here. Lamelo, I think we're looking at as a second-round guy, maybe third, early third-round player for or category leagues. Gordon Haywood, I think we're looking at as a fifth-round sort of a player with some injury risk there for sure. Rogier is more of a sixth or seventh round player because we have some skepticism about his ability to shoot at the same level that he did last year. He's a little bit better in a uh, in a points league. Miles um, Bridges is a guy that's better in a category league. He's like a seventh round guy. Maybe you go into the sixth for him, but probably more of a seventh round guy. PJ Washington a little bit later again with a, a bit of a risk there, but he if he improves his field goal percentage, then he shoots right up the board. You got Mason Plumley as one of your later round guys, and Kelly Oubre is maybe a flyer, you know, ignoring some of that ridiculously high rank there on Yahoo for him. And then you got the other guys like Ish Smith and McDaniel's and Booknight and Martin and those sort of players who aren't really going to have any sort of fantasy impact, guys. That will do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app, but on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Ring the notification bell. You will never miss an episode. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.